0: Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20-Minute Books, we will delve into American Lion by John Meacham, the Pulitzer Prize-winning author renowned for his captivating explorations of U.S. presidents and history. Published in 2008, American Lion presents the compelling narrative of Andrew Jackson, the seventh president of the United States. In this enthralling biography, Meacham chronicles Jackson's ascent from his humble beginnings To the pinnacle of American politics. More than just a personal saga, the book reveals how Jackson redefined the presidency, transforming it from a largely ceremonial role to a robust embodiment of the people's will and a central force in American government. Readers interested in the nuances of historical leadership, the intricacies of American politics, and those who relish in the depth of a well written biography will find American Lion. Irresistible. May Atcham, whose reputation is bolstered by works such as Thomas Jefferson The Art of Power and Franklin and Wilson, shares his expertise as a historian, mixing scholarly insight with engaging storytelling. Whether you're a historian, a student of history, or simply a fan of transformative biographies, American Lion will transport you into the heart of Jacksonian America, revealing the complexities, ambitions, and imperfections of one of its most controversial leaders. Join us as we uncover how Andrew Jackson left an indelible mark on the presidency and the nation in a story rich with relevance to today's political landscape. American Lion, Andrew Jackson in the White House Introduction, The Man Behind the Legend unveiling Andrew Jackson's complex legacy. Picture this, a massive block of cheese, weighing two tons, sitting grandly in the White House foyer. This isn't just a peculiar decoration. It's an embodiment of President Andrew Jackson's open-door policy, a tangible invitation for any and every American to engage in dialogue and munch on the symbolic cheddar. This unusual practice echoes a time when accessibility and populism were at the heart of American presidential politics. Andrew Jackson stands as one of history's most enigmatic figures, adored by many during his tenure, yet regarded with controversy today. His legacy is a tapestry woven with threads of vehement populism and fraught policies. He championed the average citizen's voice striving to shield it from the perceived clutches of corruption and exclusive interests. His was a radical standpoint for the era, one that resonated with the masses and propelled him to immense popularity, securing his place as one of the United States' most influential presidents. So, fasten your seatbelts. We're about to embark on a historical journey into the life and presidency of America's seventh commander-in-chief. Learn how Andrew Jackson with his unwavering spirit and iron will imprinted indelible marks on the presidency and shaped the evolution of american politics prepare to uncover the fiery spirit that led jackson to confront his adversaries in life-threatening duels the brilliant strategies employed by jackson's troops to outfox a superior british force and the profound impact jackson's unprecedented use of presidential vetoes had on the fabric of american governance stay with me as we unravel the complexities of Andrew Jackson's tenure, exploring the decisions that defined his presidency and continue to spark debate among historians and political enthusiasts alike. Part One. From humble beginnings to the law courts, Andrew Jackson's tumultuous ascent. In the backdrop of the Waxhaw settlement, nestled between the Carolinas, a future president was born into adversity. Andrew Jackson entered a world already shadowed by loss, his father having passed just before his arrival on March 15, 1767. The trials of youth awaited Jackson with poverty as a constant companion. Yet, amidst boyish wrestling matches and modest education in a Presbyterian church, young Andrew carved out his slice of life. Tragedy, however, was not done with the Jackson family. The American Revolutionary War brought horror to their doorstep, and by the tender age of fourteen, Jackson found himself bereft of his entire kin. His brothers succumbed, Hugh to the throes of battle, and Robert to the cruel jaws of disease within the grim confines of British captivity. Their mother followed, lost to illness while tending to ailing relatives. Waxhaw, now tainted with grief, was a place Jackson could no longer call home. With nothing but memories, he set out to write a new chapter of his life. By his 21st year, the orphaned child had metamorphosed into a man of law and lover's charm. With his law license in hand, Jackson's reputation as a hard-drinking, rambunctious figure began to take shape, his charisma undeniable even in the heated arena of court battles, where he once challenged an adversary to a duel over legal contention. Jackson's pioneering spirit led him westward to the Tennessee territories in 1788, where fate entwined his life with the Donaldsons, a family etched into the fabric of the frontier. There he encountered Rachel Donaldson, a woman shackled by a tumultuous marriage. Jackson, ever the protector, offered her a haven from her husband's cruelties. In time, Rachel sought divorce, and before the ink of her freedom was dry, She and Jackson united in early matrimony, a romantic act marred by societal norms. This decision, to bind their lives together prematurely, would hang over them like a specter, casting long shadows in the days to come. Part 2. A Reputation for Courage and Controversy. Jackson's Road to National Fame. Once the dust had settled on Rachel Donaldson's divorce conflicts, She and Andrew Jackson recommitted to their bond in 1794, this time on firmer ground. There could be no question of their devotion. Such was their love that Jackson's unwavering loyalty often veered into the realms of violence to shield her honour. Jackson, a man of fierce convictions, would not hesitate to draw his weapon against those who dared sling mud at his beloved wife or his cherished companions. His propensity for combat manifested dramatically in 1803, when a smear by Governor John Sevier of Tennessee about Jackson's past relationship kindled a street shootout. While the bustling street rang with gunfire, fortune ruled the day as serious harm was averted, though a bystander bore the misfortune of a grazing bullet. The trigger for violence was once again pulled in 1806, when a scornful remark about Rachel by Charles Dickinson, a Nashville resident, stoked Jackson's ire. The resulting duel was a grave affair. Dickinson fired first, embedding a bullet into Jackson's chest. Yet with chilling composure, Jackson returned fire, ending Dickinson's life unequivocally. Jackson's flesh had already narrated a violent chapter earlier, with a bullet from Jesse Benton lodged in his arm during a frayed street altercation with Benton's brother, Tom. Such were the episodes that wove Jackson's legend, casting him as a figure to be revered yet whispered about with trepidation. But the accolade of American hero was truly bestowed upon Jackson at the climax of the Battle of New Orleans. Amidst the turbulence of the War of 1812, it was Jackson who emerged as the savior of the South against British forces. Commanding a force of 5,000 men, he outflanked a larger, well-equipped British contingent. In a contentious move, he drove the city's leaders to declare martial law, consolidating his authority over New Orleans. The tactical gamble paid dividends as Jackson's men triumphed with astonishingly few losses, a mere 13 lives taken and 39 wounded. This display of military prowess etched Jackson's name into the annals of American valor, setting the stage for his ascendancy in the nation's consciousness. Part 3: From the battlefield to the White House, Jackson rides his military success to political office. In the wake of his triumphant defense at New Orleans, Andrew Jackson wasn't one to rest on laurels. His next mission was to confront the Seminole Indians and Spanish forces on the sun-baked terrain of Florida, a territory eyed covetously by the American government. Jackson's campaign was formidable; his conquests came with a heavy toll and the peninsula's soil was stained with the harsh hues of conflict, his assertiveness in command was underscored when he took the audacious step of executing two British nationals, a decision that divided the Congress and branded Jackson as a maverick in the eyes of some. Yet, his military exploits had catapulted him into a dazzling limelight that would pave his way to the highest political office. However, the climb to the presidency was littered with personal tragedy. In 1824, Jackson's bid for the Oval Office against John Quincy Adams saw him victorious in votes but ultimately defeated in the election. Undeterred, Jackson's campaign in 1828 persevered and turned the tables, despite a maelstrom of accusations that sullied his marriage to Rachel and insinuated adulterous misconduct. The relentless attacks took their grim toll. The scandal exacted not just public humiliation, but a fatal strain on Rachel's heart. Her passing on December 22, 1828, left Jackson in a pit of despair, his life's companion wrenched from his side. In the wake of this heartache, the Donaldson family, particularly Andrew and Emily, provided him with steadfast support and love, with Rachel's memory as his solace. Jackson took the reins of presidency and began assembling his cabinet. His dear friend John Eaton was appointed Secretary of War, a choice that would soon ferment into an unexpected controversy. The widow Margaret O'Neill, whose nuptials with Eaton occurred suspiciously close to her previous husband's demise, was dogged by speculative whispers of infidelity and scandal, threatening the tranquility of Jackson's administration. Throughout Jackson's initial tenure, these rumors became weapons for adversaries, casting shadows over the White House and intertwining Jackson's political destiny with that of Margaret O'Neill, whose perceived indiscretions echoed ominously across the chambers of power. Part 4. Andrew Jackson's Stewardship in a Nation Divided Stepping into the presidency, Andrew Jackson inherited a nation at a crossroads, where the whisper of rebellion was starting to echo through the corridors of power. He entered the White House with a determination to be a champion for the everyday citizen amid a tempestuous political landscape in 1829. Jackson positioned himself as a populist, imbued with a fervent desire to protect the everyday American from the grasp of special interests. But at the forefront of the political stage was an intensifying debate that sought to tear at the very seams of the Union. The debate over states' rights. South Carolina, as if holding a torch to the keg, dared to claim the right to veto or nullify federal laws they judged to be oppressive, particularly a contentious cotton tariff imposed in 1828. The Southern farmers branded it a monstrosity, a legislative plague on their livelihoods. The doctrine of nullification found advocates in powerful figures like Henry Clay and the stalwart South Carolinian. John C. Calhoun, who had served as Jackson's own vice president. Their argument posited nullification as a safeguard, defending states from the overreach of federal authority. Contrasting this view stood Jackson and luminaries like Daniel Webster, who regarded the concept of nullification as a perilous threat to national unity. For Jackson, the vision of a cohesive nation remained paramount reflecting the intent of the Founding Fathers when drafting the Constitution. Jackson clung to the belief that the Founders had meticulously crafted safeguards within the legislative and judicial branches, serving as tools to contest laws and shield the nation from usurpation. But the specter of nullification continued to loom large over Jackson's tenure in office, challenging his resolve to keep the nation whole, testament to a fundamental conflict that would persist as the enduring backdrop to his presidency. Part five, Jackson navigates the complexities of infrastructure funding and the plight of Native Americans. Within the whirlwind of sovereignty disputes that greeted Andrew Jackson's presidency, he faced a parallel array of challenges, not least of which included the logistical quandary of infrastructure funding amidst America's relentless westward expansion. Roads and canals, the sinews of trade and travel for the burgeoning nation, needed financial patronage, and the question of who should foot the bill was a contentious one. For Jackson, the answer was stark in its simplicity. State projects should be shouldered by state finances, while the federal purse was for ventures that spanned state lines. This assertive philosophy clashed head-on with Congress, particularly when Jackson imposed his veto on a bill earmarked for a road in Maysville, Kentucky. The veto's reverberations were felt deeply. It reshaped the American political landscape, elevating the presidency as a formidable counterweight to congressional authority. Yet Jackson's clear-cut approach to federal funding paled in the shadow of a greater and far grimmer concern, the fate of Native American peoples and their ancestral lands. The clamor for land as settlers pressed westward triggered a relentless rewriting of treaties and reconfiguration of boundaries, and Jackson's stance was unyielding. He championed the relocation of Native American tribes to lands beyond the vast Mississippi, firmly believing in the long-term sustainability of this policy. Unfortunately, Jackson's unwavering conviction in the righteousness of Indian removal was marred by a tragic misjudgment. The notion that such a policy would benefit indigenous populations revealed either a grave oversight or a profound disconnect from the realities these communities would face. This standpoint, grounded in a misguided interpretation of benevolence, would ultimately lead to some of the darkest chapters in American history. Part 6. Eaton Affair Engulfs Jackson's Presidency in a Maelstrom of Controversy Amid the backdrop of Andrew Jackson's resolute reform, his first term bore witness to the birth of a presidency transformed, a role now imbued with active governance rather than passive maintenance. Jackson became the emblem of defiance against corruption and political inertia, wielding his veto with the bold intent of a statesman committed to change. Yet, Jackson's crusade for presidential authority ruffled feathers among the settled nests of the political elites who saw Congress as the enduring hub of power. Skeptics and opponents alike were on the lookout for opportunities to curtail the president's expanding influence. Such an opportunity seemed to present itself in the unrelenting scandal involving John Eaton, the Secretary of War, and his wife, Margaret. The shadow of impropriety and elitist disdain enveloped the couple bringing about snubs and ostracism from the upper echelons of Washington society. This included the Donaldsons, kin and confidence of Jackson, who joined the ranks of those freezing out the Eatons at formal occasions, further inflaming the issue. In steadfast loyalty, reminiscent of his defense of his own marital honor, Jackson stood unwaveringly by the Eatons, demanding their dignified acceptance within White House circles. Compelled perhaps by his personal acquaintance with scandal, Jackson's loyalty ran deep, though the rifts it caused were profound. His divided cabinet crystallized into factions. Only Martin Van Buren and William Barry remained allied with Jackson against the tide. The adversaries sensed an opening. They clamored for Eaton's removal in favor of a successor aligned with their preference for state autonomy the ongoing saga of the Eaton Affair simmered with no resolution in sight, straining the administration to a breaking point. Andrew Donaldson and his wife, once beloved figures in the orbit of the presidential household, found themselves ostracized from the mansion they once graced, victims of the polarizing strife that was gripping Jackson's presidency. Part 7. Jackson's decisive response to cabinet discord and the impending nullification crisis. The rift within his personal circle left a void in the White House that Andrew Jackson could not ignore. The Donaldsons' absence in Tennessee cast a pall of solitude over the presidential residence throughout 1830. It became clear to Jackson that he had to reconcile the discord tearing at his administration while maintaining allegiance to his beleaguered friend, John Eaton. Crafting the way forward, it was Martin Van Buren's strategy that ultimately resonated with Jackson. The plan was unambiguous, purge the administration of its dysfunction. Both Van Buren and Eaton, in a gesture of camaraderie and sacrifice, volunteered their resignations, granting Jackson the impetus he needed to dismiss the rest and introduce a fresh cabinet. By 1832, with Jackson's newly composed cabinet in place, the president could shift his undivided attention to the burgeoning national rift, the nullification crisis. Here's how the drama unfolded. Congress was engrossed in the wrangling over a tariff reform bill. Meanwhile, in South Carolina, the state's governor, Robert Hayne, issued clandestine commands to rally a state militia, bracing for conflicts that might arise from the contentious tariff debate. Jackson was far from blindsided. Thanks to the diligent reports from Joel Poinsett, the American diplomat in the South, the president was well apprised of the mounting tension. Poinsett's vigilance was a beacon for Jackson, highlighting the dire need to buttress union supporters with armaments as the state teetered on the brink of strife. As the early months of 1833 saw Congress heatedly deliberating the tariff, calmer heads emerged, ushering in a compromise that led to a reduction in tariff rates. This legislative move mitigated the immediate threat, but the sensation of victory was fleeting. South Carolina's discontent simmered beneath the surface, unresolved and persistent, a testament to the continued challenges Jackson would face in his quest to preserve the Union. Part 8. Andrew Jackson's Crusade Against the Might of the U.S. Bank Andrew Jackson's hold on the American electorate withstood the test of time and controversy, as evidenced by his convincing re election in 1832. But it was Jackson's relationship with the Bank of the United States that would come to define not just his adherence to public service, but also his presidential legacy. Dive into the narrative of Jackson's struggle against this financial behemoth, the Bank of the United States. This institution was not only the guardian of the nation's federal deposits, but also a puppeteer with its strings intricately intertwined with the economy's pulse points, much like today's Federal Reserve. The seeds of Jackson's aversion to the bank were sown during his initial defeat for the presidency, where he witnessed the symbiotic relationship between the bank's echelons and the political figures who could sway votes within the House of Representatives thus influencing state and federal election outcomes. In Jackson's eyes, the bank loomed as a titan casting shadows over democratic liberty, wielding its might for self-interest rather than the public good. It was a leviathan that needed to be tamed. In an audacious move in 1833, Jackson exercised his presidential veto, thwarting the attempt to recharter the bank he proceeded to redistribute federal deposits to various state banks. His stance on the bank and his use of the veto were monumental, crystallizing the government's principal mission as not the placation of the elite, but the upliftment of the general populace. Jackson's use of the veto as a representational tool was trailblazing, setting a precedent for presidential conduct. Although his critics cast him as an autocrat, equating his actions to those of a Caesar over a Washington, Jackson remained steadfast. As the dust settled on April 4, 1834, the House's decision not to recharter the bank and to persist with the deposits residing in state banks stood as a testament to Jackson's victory. It was a defining moment in the consolidation of presidential authority and in the annals of American financial history. Part 9. President Jackson faces Senate censure and survives assassination attempts. Andrew Jackson's aggressive stance against the Bank of the United States was not without political repercussions. His detractors, seizing on the moment to challenge his executive fortitude, steered the Senate to deliver an extraordinary blow. A formal censure for presidential overreach, echoing accusations of monarchical aspirations. Fueling the charge was Senator Henry Clay and others who stood convinced that the balance of American democracy was tilting dangerously under Jackson's leadership. Despite the passions inflamed, the Senate voted 26-4 and 20 against to inscribe the reprimand in the annals of congressional history. But the dissent faced by Jackson was not confined to the legislative arena. He earned a more perilous distinction becoming the first American president to confront the threat of assassination. On May 6, 1833, while Jackson relaxed aboard a steamboat, a disgruntled former Navy officer, a casualty of professional misconduct, sought retribution. Fortunately, the president's life was spared by the swift intervention of his steadfast companion, Andrew Donaldson. An even more extraordinary brush with mortality unfolded on January 30, 1835. As Jackson departed from a congressional funeral, he was accosted by Richard Lawrence, a man of evidently unsound mind who fancied himself as English royalty. Lawrence's attempt to end Jackson's life with dual pistols was miraculously foiled, as both weapons failed to fire. When Jackson saw the malintent in Lawrence's eyes, he lunged with his cane, subduing his would-be assassin. The miraculous nature of the encounter was further confirmed when both pistols discharged without fail in subsequent tests. The astronomical improbability of a simultaneous misfire from both firearms, a striking 125,000 to 1 odds, left all who heard of the event in awe of Jackson's staggering brush with fate. Part 10 President Jackson's unwavering fight to secure his presidency's legacy and resolve international disputes. As the nation's leader, Andrew Jackson faced the daunting task of navigating assassination threats while maintaining a robust popularity with the American public. His presidency was a transformative time, redefining the executive role, yet amidst the controversy, he remained steadfast in his conviction of upholding the Constitution and the people's will. In his twilight years in the Oval Office, Jackson's priorities included the preservation of his legacy, particularly regarding the censure cast upon him by the Senate. He launched a formal protest against the reprimand, articulating his actions as motivated purely by the interests and liberties of his fellow citizens. Despite the opposition from Henry Clay and former Vice President John Calhoun, Jackson's perseverance ultimately paid off. A subsequent Senate vote in 1837 saw the censure expunged from the record. Simultaneously, as this domestic drama unfolded, a diplomatic crisis loomed with France. A treaty, intended as a recognition of past dues running three years old, fell through when France reneged on paying a $5 million debt to the United States. The situation between the two nations grew tense. Jackson's declaration to Congress which bordered on an ultimatum seeking remuneration through French properties in America, was met with umbrage from the French king Louis-Philippe. In a demand for a presidential apology, the tension escalated. However, the spectre of conflict loomed heavy, prompting Britain to intervene as the United States considered a naval blockade, a move that risked open hostilities. Realizing that the potential for war served no one's interests, Britain became the mediator aiming for peace. In a dramatic turn, King Louis-Philippe eventually capitulated, citing internal pressures but conceding to honor the debt to avoid further strife. Thus, Andrew Jackson's presidency came to a close within the interplay of domestic success and complex international resolutions, a fitting final act for a presidency marked by steadfast determination and unyielding commitment to principle. Part 11. The contentious yet influential tale of President Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson's tenure as president remains one of the most contentious periods in American history. His ideals and actions introduced profound shifts in the nation's politics, yet he was also a man whose legacy is marred by grave moral failings. Jackson was a political maverick who wrought change that resonates to this day. His adamant stance against entrenched interests was so transformative that Henry Clay, his ardent opponent, established the Whig Party, emblematic of resistance against executive dominance, in direct response to Jackson's presidency. While Jackson's methodologies have been woven into the fabric of presidential conduct, his shortcomings in the arenas of human rights cannot be overlooked. His inability to extend the principles of liberty to Native Americans and enslaved individuals was a glaring inconsistency in the ethos of a man who championed the common citizen. Complicity in slavery as an institution of his era and his staunch opposition to the abolitionist cause revealed Jackson as a man of his times but not beyond them. The cruel pursuit and punishment of an escaped slave underlined the harsh realities of his beliefs. Further tarnishing Jackson's record is the deplorable legacy of the Indian Removal Act, culminating in the sorrowful Trail of Tears under his successor, Martin Van Buren. The forced relocation and the attendant suffering and loss of life among the Cherokee marked one of the darkest chapters of American policy. Despite these indelible stains on his character and presidency, Andrew Jackson's influence on the office he held is undeniable. He departed the White House in 1837 and passed away eight years later, yet his persona endured as a charismatic figure who elicited profound loyalty. Years later, President Harry Truman would reflect upon Jackson's dedication to the little fellow as a guiding principle, a melancholic reminder that Jackson's fervor for liberty was not as all encompassing as it might have been. His story is a reminder of the complexities of history where profound impact and profound shortcomings often coexist in the figures who shape it. Final summary. Andrew Jackson stands out as a pioneering force among American presidents. He vigorously reshaped the contours of the presidency, casting aside the norms established by his forebears and decisively confronting congressional dominion. Jackson was a revolutionary, embodying the spirit of the public advocate. He extended the voice of the common citizen into the halls of power, fervently defending liberty and challenging the status quo. His tenure marked a pivotal shift in American political practice, setting precedents that would endure through the ages and define the robust nature of modern presidential leadership.